Okay, good morning, Boker Tov, and good Chodesh to all. Great to be back in person. Please help yourself to some coffee and granola bars in the back. Uh, as always, we're grateful to our sponsors for the Amuna series for the year, generously sponsored by Dr. Zavi and Bella Morgan, in memory of Rabbi Dr. Brian Galbit, and in memory of Bella's mother, Dr. Ellen Shanzer. Uh, very grateful to them for their generosity. This morning's year is also sponsored by Kayla and David Haskell for their four shleim of Esther, Tehillah, Basari, Al-Tzipora. And I'll use it as an opportunity to remind everyone, if you've not yet signed up for the one-on-one campaign, dollar a day of giving to tzedakah, a minute a day of learning Torah, you can join easily by going to brsonline.org. One, the number one, A-N-D, one, one and one, brsonline.org slash one and one. You can join both the Dollar a Day for Tzedakah, Minute a Day of Torah Learning in your WhatsApp for some brilliant, beautiful insights in Divrei Torah. And we could do that in the Merit Esti and others, all who need have a speedy, complete, and painless refuah shlema. Okay, we are Bayam Derechacha. We are learning Ravitcher Meyer Morgenstern. We uh, finished one section, but we're still on the topic of Simcha. We have a little bit left on the area of Simcha because there's always more work to be done on the area of Simcha. We're never done on the area of Simcha. So we're on Darachai Kinyan HaSimcha, page Kuf Samach Beis 162. Every one of us, every person, everyone is capable of feeling, of entering a place of Simcha with Hashem. Even if you're going through a difficult time, a difficult circumstance, even when all is not flowing freely, it's not simple, life is not comfortable, even when one is enduring challenges and struggles, that doesn't have to prevent or block us from being able to enter a mindset and a place of happiness and of joy. I've given you and I could give you more examples of people who in the hardest and worst of circumstances nevertheless persevered, endured, and remained determined that they would not allow their environment or their circumstance to decide their demeanor, their mentality, and therefore their quality of life, but they remain determined to be in control, to be disciplined, to not give it away, but to hold on to it. And to make ourselves happy. As we've said countless times over the last many months, we've been studying about simcha. Simcha joy is not an emotion. It is a decision. It is the way we wake up in the morning, is the way we go to sleep at night. That doesn't mean that there aren't many things that try to rob us of our simcha. There aren't many things that try to deplete us, that don't try to challenge us. I'm not suggesting it's easy to be besimcha in a doctor's office when you're waiting for a result. It's easy to be besimcha. Certainly you should not be besimcha, person who's sitting shiva, mourning or grieving. There are, of course, outlying circumstances where we're not besimcha in that moment. But the default of our life should be that no matter what's happening, we're moving to a new apartment, it's stressful. We can't find a new apartment to move to. It's extremely stressful. We have whatever other challenges going on in our life. It's strange, it's stressful. It's anxiety ridden. Have to pack the kids at night. It's very late. Sheva brachas are ending. You have to wake up, someone has to wake up at three o'clock in the morning to drive them to the airport. It's stressful. It's a hypothetical, it's purely hypotheticals. It's very stressful. So what, therefore what? Be robbed of your happiness and your joy and your simcha sachayim. Have no patience. Be snapping at each other. Be miserable. Be sad. Be pessimistic. Be negative. Be hypercritical. Is that going to help? It's not going to make the night go any longer. It won't make you feel more well-rested. It won't make the apartment listing come up or be available to you. It won't mean you don't have to pack and move. All it does is compound our problems and our challenges, and it leaves us with so little energy. Sadness and pessimism and negativity depletes us of energy. 
and happiness and joy and smiles, they energize us. They give us what we need in order to be able to get through to the other side of whatever challenge that we're facing. So says Rav Shemayr, says Rav Yitzchik Meir, Kasher Adam is man koshi when you're in a difficult time. That's when most, it's easy to be happy when you're dancing at your simcha. It's easy to be happy if you heard you won the lottery. It's easy to be happy when all is going well. It's easy to be happy when the dangerous doctor report turns out to be a big nothing. It's easy to have a skip in your step when things are going well, but when it's man koshi, when it's a challenging time, that's what really reveals our character, that reveals who we are. Can we be determined and can we maintain the decision to be happy no matter what's going on? How do we get there? How do we do it? And again, I say this each time as well, that somebody, we're not talking about clinical depression, anxiety that needs to be treated. Learning, living with Amuna may help, but it's not the only answer. It's not the answer. We're talking about general. So how do we do it? The answer is that our sense of simcha, simcha is the compass through which you can calibrate or measure how your amuna, how, how your neshama is doing. People with a great simcha sachayim have a healthy neshama. And people who are sad and depressed and anxious, the neshama is challenged. Why is that the neshama, the measure? Sadness is when the klipa, the sitra achra, he's employing here Kabbalistic terms, Kabbalistic themes. The notion of the klipa, klipa means the shell, the fruit inside, the shell, the exterior on the outside. Klipa, if you learn Tanya, you study much about klipas noga and klipa. Klipa are the forces or the energies that cause us to struggle, that try to confuse, that try to distract. They are the voice of self-sabotage. So one of the biggest influences or impacts of that klipa, of that negative energy or shell, is atzvas, sadness, sadness. When you're down, when you're out, we all know that feeling. Many had it during Corona because it was overwhelming and you just couldn't get yourself started in the day. And even when there was time and there was no excuse, it was still hard to start because it was just a general sadness. It's the impact and the influence of the klipa. So like every Yetzirah that confronts us, we have to overcome it, we have to overwhelm it, we have to combat it. And we have to fight it with a sense of simcha, which comes from being determined. You have to be determined. Nobody wants to exercise. Nobody wants to necessarily daven. Nobody wants to wake up in the morning. Nobody wants to eat right. All the things in life that are best for us, which include eating right and, and exercising, a healthy life and a healthy lifestyle, which include being patient, not angry, never raising our voice or lashing out, but communicating. All the things we're fighting, we have to fight our instinct and intuition. Our nature and natural inclination is to lash out, or is to eat unhealthy, or is to be lethargic and to, to stay in bed or to not move around. We have to fight that. It takes determination to fight that. At least it does for me. Doesn't, there are those weird people that it comes naturally to exercise and eat right and never raise their voice. They're weird and obnoxious people. <laughs> Miserable to have around. But you have to overcome that misery and be determined that despite them, despite how easy it is for them, that you and we are going to be determined. We're going to enter a place and a mindset of happiness. It's a choice. It's not an emotion. We're going to be determined. We're going to be determined. So the animal inside us, it's that same place 
It's the, the Balatanya talks about, as do many others, again, the dual worlds we live in simultaneously. There's the animal soul, Kodesh Baruch Hu made us like an animal. He fashioned us like an animal. There's the nefesh, which is our lower soul that we share in common with an animal. We have an instinct and an impulse and a drive and temptation. But above that, we have a neshama. And there's the nefesh, the lowly animal soul in us that acts like an animal, thinks like an animal, that, that behaves like an animal, lives like an animal. But above it, we have the neshama that says, don't be an animal. Don't live in a pigsty. Don't eat like an animal. Don't act like an animal. Don't be a nefesh. Be a neshama. Be a neshama. What's your neshama? A neshama is a piece of God. It's the Rebbe's Yeretzite this Shabbos. There's a piece of God literally inside each and every one of us. And that piece of God inside each and every one of us says, you got this. That piece of God inside us says, you've got this. You can do this. How does God know we can do this? Why does he have faith in us? Because there's a piece of him in us. He designed us. He gave us our genetics, not only from our parents and grandparents who empowered us and enabled us to get it because they got it and got a lot more than what we have to confront. But there's a piece of God. Among the DNA that we have from our own parents and grandparents, we have the DNA of the Almighty himself. We are a chilek elokah mimal mamash. And that means that we have the strength. We can do it. We've got this. If we are determined and we make the decision to be besimcha, we can have that simcha sachayim. Have that simcha sachayim. So the same voice inside us that says, eat that, sleep in, yell and lash out, be impatient. That voice comes from the nefesh Bahamas, that comes from the animal lower soul. It's the animal in us. It's the lowliness in us. It's the base and crude in us. But we have something much more. Is that the soul, is that all that we want to be? I have to tell you, you look around this world and you're increasingly seeing as much progress and advance that we have technologically, as much progress and advance that we have medically, as much as the world is rapidly, acceleratedly moving forward in so many ways, we are regressing and moving backwards when it comes to the soul, when it comes to morality. The world around us increasingly is not nourishing and expressing its godly soul, a quest and a, and a yearning for holiness, but rather the definition of life is all about happiness. As Jews, we don't live for happiness. We live for holiness. When you live for holiness, you end up being very happy. When you live for happiness, you're unholy and unhappy. But the world around us is, is thinks the sole determinant measure, dress, act, define, do, go, whatever makes you happy. Whatever makes you happy. It's relationship to the truth, doesn't matter. It's relationship to, to striving for something more or greater, doesn't matter. A relationship to what God wants or expects, doesn't matter. The world around us is increasingly becoming a place of, of nefesh, which means that even more we have to fight to not be nefesh, but to be neshama. Even more we have to fight to be neshama in a world that is nefesh. When that lower animal soul inside us is trying to drag us down and make us sad and unhappy and pessimistic and critical. We have to immediately, with determination and with strength and perseverance, we have to enter a place of simcha. No animal soul. I'm not giving in. I'm not giving in to you. I'm not giving in to that voice because I know how miserable it feels on the other end of it. I know how I feel after I act out 
I know how I feel after I disappoint myself and others. I know how I feel when I'm not the best version of myself. So I'm not listening, I'm not indulging, but I'm determined. So how do you get there? It's very simple. There's an anchor in our life. It's called Torah. It's called Torah. The message, the messaging, Torah. Study of Torah, the living of Torah. A passionate, enthusiastic, energized, ongoing conversation with Hashem. Zmiros v'tishbachos v'shirim l'Hashem izbarach. I don't know how you could live b'simcha if you don't have music playing in your house all the time. We have speakers in our house. The only battle is who gets to determine the playlist. People have it on their phones. There's a battle who's got the best playlist. But other than the three weeks in Sphira, there's music playing 24-6 in our home. You walk into the house, there's music that greets you. On your way out of the house, there's music that escorts you out. You're having dinner, you're cooking, you're doing homework, you're preparing, you're folding laundry, there's music that's playing. I'm proud, and several shuls have told me they've imitated and copied. When you walk up to the Boca Raton Synagogue, there's music playing. It's music playing. You're gonna walk through that threshold. You're gonna cross those doors to come and have a conversation with Hashem. You can't do it when you're sad or miserable or running or rushing. You gotta do it with a skip in your step. You gotta do it with a little dance, a little dance. We should have some dancing in the lobby before and after davening. You gotta, you gotta have a little skip in your step. You gotta have a little dance. When you wake up and you've got a skip in your step, when you have a simcha, you could take on whatever you have to confront that day. But when you're slow and you're dragging and you're down and you're out, you can't take on the simplest of tasks. When you're out of it and you've got nothing left in the tank, you can't so much as fold the laundry, make a cup of coffee. But when you wake up with a sense of simcha, with a smile on your face, you slept two and a half hours, no problem. <laughs> it's not a problem. Take on the day. Pass out some point in it, but take on the day. I got it. So how do you do that, Torah? Can't be a day that goes by that there's Torah that doesn't ground us and center us and remind us what matters, what's important, who's in charge, who's in control. We've got to nourish the best of us. Otherwise, you're not alive. Do you ever have a point in the day of a given day where you're dragging, you're tired, you can't concentrate, and then you realize, I haven't eaten anything today. So of course I'm out of it because the body needs nourishment in order to have energy. So if you didn't eat anything, you didn't drink anything, I think there's all kinds of studies how, how absolutely dehydrated we are today. We don't drink nearly what we need to and we're all walking around. We're a nation that is dehydrated. So when you're dehydrated, you're dizzy, you're distracted, you're unfocused, and you realize, oh, I've got to, you know, I've got to drink a couple things of water. I've got to eat something, hopefully healthy, in order to be able to have the nourishment, to have the energy, to be my best self. If that's true physically, materially, it's also true spiritually. I can't be my best self spiritually if I haven't nourished myself. What are the recipes that nourish us spiritually? Torah, tefillah, Torah, avodah, gemilas, chasadim. Those are the three pillars the world exists on. Those are the three sources of nourishment for us. Torah. You're sitting here today, you're listening to a munashir. Yesterday there was a parsha shir. Forget me, there are a billion shirim online you could listen to in any language at any hour of the day. You could watch, you could listen. Torah nourishes us. Like a shmak dvar Torah, a great insight. Something you hear and say, oh, oh, that reminds me, that calibrates, I'm back. Tfil, avoda, davening. I lose myself and Torah grounds me. It reminds me of my priorities, it cal calibrates my compass. It is an exercise in humility. I'm not in charge, I'm not in control. I'm not meant to be an animal. I don't live for happiness, I live for holiness. Good, now I'm reminded, 
And we're pathetic, so we need to be reminded we start our day, so we set out our day. Then we interrupt our day with mincha, and then we end our day reflecting on the day. You can do it once a month. You can do it once a year. But we need much more in order to be, because we forget between shacharis and mincha. We forget between mincha and marav. We forget between marav. And by the time we dive in shacharis, we forgot there was a God. We forgot that we're responsible to Him. We forgot that we live for holiness, not happiness. So we dive in three times a day in order to remind ourselves. And Gemilas chasadim, you want to feel alive. Nothing makes you feel as alive as when you give and do for others. Have you ever been there for someone? Have you ever been there? Have you helped? And, and you, you, no matter how tired you are, you find energy. You're alive. It makes us feel alive. Not getting, but giving makes us feel alive. You know, you, you, when you come home from the mall because you went to buy things because you thought you'd take care of your misery by shopping, so you may have some new things, but first of all, when the credit card bill comes, you'll be more miserable, not less. And second of all, it wears off very quickly. When you put the shoes in your closet next to the other 400 pair, your misery returns very quickly. But if instead of going to the mall to buy something for yourself, you bought a gift for someone who no one ever thinks of, someone who feels invisible, somebody who's shut in, somebody who feels ignored, and you bought them something for no reason at all. Instead of coming home and lining your closet, you bought someone something to put in theirs, that's a positive feeling that will last forever. You will be energized and you'll feel fantastic. These are the three things that nourish our soul. Not the animal soul. What nourishes the animal soul, the Cape Cod potato chips, that's what nourishes the animal soul and other such delicious things. And it nourishes the animal soul. It feels good in the moment and it quickly is gone, not from your hips or waistline, but from the pleasure that you had from it. But what nourishes, not the nefesh, but the neshama, it's there forever. Music. Put on music in the car, put on music in the house, put on music with whatever you're doing. Silence is sadness. Music, a little something. And comfort in our own skin to be in conversation with Hashem. I posted recently that if you never talk to God outside of shul, you won't be able to talk to Him inside it. If you never talk to God without the sitter, you'll never be able to talk to him with it. Anyone who struggles with davening, the struggle begins not once you get in shul and open the sitter. The struggle is because you never talk to him outside of shul without the sitter. The sitter is the fallback. Our rabbis, Anshay Knesset instituted davening because they said, you know what's going to happen? Life is busy. Lights gets in the way. You're not going to have time, make time. You're never going to come daven. So we've got to ensure that you daven, so we'll institutionalize it three times a day, and here is the template, here are the words. But that's not the real deal. The real deal are the conversations we have in between, in between the sitter, in between shul. Do you talk to him in the car, in the kitchen, in the boardroom, in the operating room? Do we talk to him about everything going on in our life? Beforehand, ask him for help. Afterwards, thank him. Object or protest if there's something we feel that's going wrong. His bodedus v'sicha l'kelchai. By engaging and involving ourselves in spirituality, by nourishing the soul, is how we are able to rise out and above sadness. Sadness. We're sad when we think all there is is the here and now. We're sad when we think all there is is today. We're sad when we think all there is is my body. But the moment we realize I am a soul that has a body, who I am eternally is my soul. Is my chilek alakami mal mamish. That's the real me, is my soul. When we live with and I feel that sense of my soul, when I nourish that soul, I support that soul, 
I indulge the soul, not the body. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. That is how we rise out of sadness. That is how we rise out of sadness. When we caffeinate with kavana. I think we're going to do a merch store. I'll tell you why. Because we're finally producing our notebooks. Alana here today? I don't see her. But Alana, our amazing designer. Everybody should use her for whatever projects you need. Simchas or company, corporate, business. But uh, Alana Landau. So we are producing our notebooks on the cover. Modani, thank you for the new day. Turn the page. So that every day, daf chadash. Every day a new page. A new page. So yesterday I was sad. Yesterday I didn't live up to this potential. Yesterday I was down and out. Yesterday I starved my soul because I was too busy indulging the body. No problem. Turn the page. Daf chadash. It's a new page. Moda'ani. Hashem, thank you that I have a new day. I was thinking this morning, and I don't know how it is that I'm 47 years old and I never thought about this before, but Rosh Chodesh, today is Rosh Chodesh. For the first time in my life, I thought Rosh Chodesh is Rosh Chadash. It's a new mindset. Every new month, every Rosh Chodesh is a Rosh Chadash. You have the opportunity. Whatever my mindset was last month, whatever friction or tension was in my life last month, maybe a spouse or children, a friend, or my job, whatever challenge, whatever attitude, whatever sadness or negativity was last month, it's Rosh Chodesh, it's a Rosh Chadash. Put on a new head, a new kepi, a new start, a new mindset, a new outlook. It's a Rosh Chodesh, it's a Rosh Chadash, it's a Dav Chadash. Turn the page, every day you wake up. You could turn the page in the middle of the day, you don't have to wait to go to sleep and wake up to turn the page. You're allowed to turn the page in the middle of the day. But every day, turn the page, it's a new start. The challenges, the problems of yesterday, we do not have to take them into today. They do not have to come with us wherever we go. There are some challenges we wish we could let go of, but they follow us. It's not the challenge that we're letting go of, those we're not in control of. Often, bless you. We're often not in control of the challenge that follows us. What we are in control of is how we react, how we feel, how we deal with it. And that we can change. That we could change. So what's the answer, says Ravitcha Meyer? It's all about the soul. When you ignore and neglect the soul, when the soul is malnourished and dehydrated, it can't help but feel sadness. It can't help but give out. It can't help but be anxious. But when the soul is nourished and the soul comes alive and the soul is vibrant, the soul is dynamic, and the soul, when we know we have a soul, when we nourish it and it's healthy, it's energized, then we can make the decision and the determination to be besimcha. Rosh Chodesh. Chevra, it's Rosh Chodesh. It's a Rosh Chadash. So Rosh, whatever was holding you back, whatever you were imprisoning yourself, whatever negativity was pushing away those around you, it's Rosh Chodesh, it's a Rosh Chadash. It's a new day. It's a Dav Chadash, it's a new month. Put on that smile and nourish that soul and Yotzei Me'a'atzvah, climb up and out of that sadness. Koach atzum la'orer simcha hu koach ha'machshava. So number two, Ozbez. The strength that we have, so I started telling you, we're going to be able to caffeinate with Kavana and our notebook, Daf Chadash, turn the page, and our Tumblr and our Behind the Beam ads. We're going to get rich. It's going to be amazing. We're going to retire. Retire off our merch. If we break even, I'll be happy. I'm not looking to retire. <laughs> the strength that we have and that we need in order to feel joy, Simcha, Simcha Sachayim, is the Koach HaMachshava, is our thoughtfulness is our mindfulness, is our mindfulness. Tahainu. By the way, Simcha Sachayim, being joyful and happy, being able to live with a smile, being determined that no matter what, 
no matter what, I, I just, I'm not going to let that rob me or deplete me of my joy for life. That is an incredibly attractive quality. If you want to be attractive to others, you want to be attractive to the person who you care the most to be attractive to, Simcha Sachaim. Simcha Sachaim. So much better than Botox. It's better than plastic surgery. It's better than makeup artists. It's better than, it's better than anything. Simcha Sachaim is an enormously and incredibly attractive quality. A smile and a joy for life. Because you know what ends up happening? When you're happy and you're joyful, you don't lift yourself, you lift everyone around you. It's infectious and it's contagious. So when you're the beneficiary of being around a happy person and you find yourself now more happy, happier as a result, you're attracted and you're drawn to the person who brought out the happiness in you. You'll be a more attractive friend to your friends, a more attractive spouse, a parent who's more admired and loved. And if you're in Shaduchim, if you, you should want to have a Simcha Sachayim, put that on the top of your resume. Forget what seminar you went to, what yeshiva you're learning in. Just write in big, bold letters on the top of the resume, I have Simcha Sachayim. Here are my references. They'll tell you I have Simcha Sachayim. Here's the picture. It'll testify of Simcha Sachayim. I have Simcha Sachayim. And when you're calling to ask questions, don't ask the Narishkeit and silliness. Say, do they have a Simcha Sachayim? Are they an anxious, depressed, miserable, negative Fabisana person? Or do they have a smile? Are they joyful? Are they generally, again, I'm not asking are they singing and dancing at the grandfather's funeral, but generally speaking, is there a Simcha Sachayim? Generally speaking, is there a joy for life? So how do we achieve that? What do we need for that? Says Richard Meyer, machshava, mindfulness, mindfulness. You see, if we're not able to control our mind and center our thoughts, if we're not present, and conscientious and conscious in our day, then we'll go to the worst place in our heads and our minds. We'll just be drawn there and dragged there. We'll just find ourselves there in the worst place with the worst thoughts. How do we overcome it and how do we navigate it is when we have a mindfulness, when we're in control of it. We control our thoughts. We have the capacity for mindfulness and we choose to focus on the fact that I don't live in a world of randomness and chance. I don't have to worry and I shouldn't be down and out and I shouldn't be negative and I shouldn't be sad because everything that happens is for a reason. Everything that happens is organized and orchestrated. It's curated and choreographed from above. It's all from Hashem. So be besimcha, along for the ride. See what happens next. I'm Hashem's child. I'm his son or his daughter. And he loves me. He loves me with no limits. He loves me in a boundless way. And he trusts. I trust him. He trusts in me. I'm Hashem's child. He has an unconditional love for me. He has expectations of me. But he loves me. He wants what's best for me. He's rooting for me. He's protecting me. So why shouldn't I be besimcha? Why wouldn't I be besimcha? It's possible, continuing my hypothetical situation, that one of those children going to camp who was being driven to the airport in the middle of the night was concerned, Abba, we're late, we're running late, what's going to be, we're going to miss, and everyone's going to be there before. And it's possible that Abba said to her hypothetically, would I let you be late? Would I let you miss this flight? Would I let you be the last one there so everyone's waiting and it's uncomfortable? I'm your Abba, I've got your back. Just sit in the passenger seat, come along for the ride. I'm going to get you there on time. You're good to go. I'm your father. I love you. And I've got you covered, and it's going to all be fine. And that was exactly what happened. 
That was exactly what happened, Baruch Hashem. If we, lowly basar badam, if we human beings who don't control everything, because chas v'shalom, God forbid, there was an accident or traffic or something happened that was wrong, got a flat tire, and then we were late, and then the hypothetical person missed their flight or was embarrassed, then no matter how hard Abba tried, Abba failed. Kodesh doesn't fail. He's our Abba. He's Abba. He's our Tati. He's our Father. He doesn't fail. He doesn't fail. And what he says to us is, relax. I got your back. I told this child, you'll be packed and you'll be ready. You do your part and I'll get you there. You have to do it. I can't, I, can't I can't get you out of bed. I'm not getting you dressed. You have to do what you need to do. But if you do what you need to do, I will get you there. Hashem says the same thing to us. You've got to do what you need to do. Get up, get dressed, get at him. You do what you need to do, and I'll get you there. I'm the pilot, sit in the passenger seat. You do what you need to do, and I'm going to get you there. Hashem says to us exactly what we say to our children. Just relax, don't worry. I got your back, stick with me. Dveikas, devek, glue, stick with me. I've told you countless times, the Meshachachma, from their Simcha of Dvinsk, that, that um, Dveikas, what does it mean to cling to God? Cleavage Dveikas, what does it mean? Dveikas is devek. In modern Hebrew, means glue. Shem says, stick with me. Just stick with me. You do what you need to do. You get up. You get dressed. You get ready. And then I'll drive. I'm the pilot. I'll take you where you need to be. I'll take you where you need to go. And God, more than I, says, don't worry. Because I am completely in control. And when a person has that mindfulness, a person is determined to think in that way. It's going to compound itself. The more that we train ourselves to think in that way, it's going to be besimcha. And as I said to this kid, put on your AirPods, listen to something, be happy. I told you, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry. Don't spend one more moment. Don't spend one more morsel of energy. I got it. Now you can be besimcha because I'm worrying because I've got it. I'm driving. Just let go and let God if we let go and let God, if we sit in that passenger seat and we say, I've done everything I could and should, I've taken my initiative, I've done what I need to, Hashem says, great, now be besimcha, because you've done everything, come along for the ride. Live life curious for what Hashem has next in store for us. When you're curious, you're besimcha. When you're worried and anxious, you're miserable to be around. So it's our decision, which do you want to be curious? I'm so curious. We flew back last week. My Leora the Kal is waking up early. I'm so proud of her. She's here. We flew back on Friday morning. It's pretty gutsy, arguably foolish, with what's going on in flights these days and the cancellations and the challenges. But what could do? The wedding Baruch Hashem was Wednesday night. Got to give the other side one Shavu Brachas Thursday night. We came back Friday morning. So many things could have gone wrong because many people on different flights and we could have all ended up here with the whole Shabbat Shavu Brachas planned, but a Hassan Akal who got stuck in New York. There were a lot of things that could have gone wrong. And there were a lot of people anxious and worrying about it. But you know what? We did what we needed to do. Booked our flights. We planned. Did the earliest flight of the day. The least likely to be can. Now you just be curious. So you can either spend the entire two weeks leading up to the wedding and flying back anxious and nervous and worried and miserable. Or you could say, Hashem, I'm so curious. I can't wait to find out how this works out. So exciting. Such an exciting chapter. I can't wait to wake up that Friday morning and find out what did you have in plan? What was in store? My parents' flight from Florida to New York for the wedding was canceled. But Baruch Hashem, they were able to get on a different flight, different airline. It was a great adventure that they had. I feel bad it was them. I would have preferred it to be me who had to do that adventure. But you could either have the attitude that life is an adventure, 
Hashem, you're taking us on an adventure through life, and I'm so curious what you have next. I'm curious, do I make the, how does the, what's the next chapter of the book? I can't wait to find out how the story ends. Did I make the flight? Did I have to go on a new flight? Did we have to drive and figure out an altogether different plan? I'm so curious. You could live life with a sense of curiosity to the mystery that is Hashem, but the knowledge that however it ends is the way it was meant to be and for our best, that's why you could be curious, because it's for your best. I'm so curious how it ends. Or you could be anxious and miserable and worried, and then you've just lost all the blessing that you have, all the blessing that you have. That choice is entirely up to us. How do we want to live? Who do we want to be? What do we want the quality of our life to be? We could have that simcha sachayim. We could have that sense of simcha. So the two points today, Ravit Shemaya taught us, is that number one, number one, it comes from nourishing the neshama. Our sense of simcha is directly proportional to how healthy our neshama is. If we spend our life and our day nourishing and nurturing and indulging the body and neglecting the neshama, we're going to be miserable. We're going to be sad. Again, this is a world we're living in today. I'll end by telling you this is fascinating. Israel broke the top 10 in the UN's happiness index of happiest countries in the world. Surrounded by enemies, people firing rockets, indiscriminately stabbing people in the street, and they're one of the top happiest countries in the world. America, America so far advanced in every measure, prosperous in every measure, even during a recession, more prosperous than almost any other country in the world, is low down on the list. And so are so many other Western countries. Why? Why? I think part of it, you know, if you're in Israel, you, you are born knowing that you have to be of service to the people. You're going to go into an army or Sherut Lumi, you're sitting and learning Torah and contributing to the world in that way. But you're raised, even the most secular person in Israel is raised, knowing that there's a Jewish people, they're worth fighting for and protecting, they're worth putting your life on the line for. And then when you hit 17 years old, you're going to put your life on hold, you're not going to college, you're not drawing a, joining a fraternity, you're not partying like all your peers. Instead, you're going to be doing Shmirah, putting your life on the line. When you live life being of service and giving and doing, then you find happiness. And when you live in a world that says, nah, you don't have to no Shirut Lumi, no army, you don't have to sit and learn Torah, go party and have fun. Go experiment and experience. Go indulge. You have misery. Misery. Unhappiness. When you live life for you, you're unhappy and miserable. When you live life for a purpose and for a mission and to be of service, then you find happiness. You find happiness. The answer is all around us, not only in our ancient tradition. The answer is around us empirically and measurably. We see it. So when you live life and you wake up in the morning, you say, Hashem, I'm here for you. I'm on a mission and I'm here to serve you and be of service to your other children, you can have such a happy day. When you live life and you say, what can I take out of this day? What's in it for me in this day? How can I be happy today? And you're gonna to be so miserable. The statistics bear this truth. The antidepressants in this country, they're all-time record highs. And, and, and the solution is not only pharmaceutical. For many it is, and that's important, and it's 100% legitimate. But it's much more. It's a mindset. I've appealed to people in elected positions that I know that this country desperately needs introduced some sense of service, of service. Maybe you get tax credit, maybe you get college uh, reduction if you spend uh, part of a year, a year in service, a shirut lumi, a national service. We have to raise young people 
And we can do it within our own community. We can't control the laws of the land, but we do in our own community. That notion of being of service, it's not only about, do I have the latest iPhone and I got my license? Can I have my own Beamer now? And when do I go to the mall and buy the next clothing? And when do I get the next sushi platter? But what are you doing for others? What are we doing for the community? To raise our children. Some are going to do by sitting and learning, by being anchors of total learning. Some are going to do by volunteering. There's, an, there's, there's countless ways that we can, but are we modeling and are we demanding of our young people? If you want them to be happy in life, then teach them from the start that the source of happiness is not getting, it's giving. It's being of service, it's doing. It's fulfilling Hashem's will for us. It's giving Him nachas ruach. It's making Hashem pray. Nothing makes you happier. Again, I already told you my age today, but I'm, I'm closing in on that half century mark. I got a little while to go. I still think I'm in my early 40s. But uh, there's still nothing more joyful in the world after Yocheved telling me that it was a great drusha than when my mother or father say, you give us nachas. There's nothing better in the world. Nothing better in the world. It's an amazing feeling. My grandson, who's not yet three, says, Zayda, do I give you nachas? Yeah. Give you nachas? It's the sweetest, sweetest, delicious thing in the world. There's nothing, there's nothing better in the world when your parent, no matter what age you are, says, you give me nachas. Wow, that's amazing. That's Neiman Marcus, Nordstrom's, Lord and Taylor, Macy's, Bloomingdale's combined. You give me nachas. So Kodesh Baruch says, you give me nachas. I say, wow, what a feeling. If we give Hashem nachas, it's the best feeling in the world. So that's how we measure our day. You want to be besimcha? Make choices and live a life that you're giving Him nachas, not you nachas. Giving Him nachas, that's our mission. So number one was nourish the neshama, don't just indulge the body. And number two was mindfulness. Don't let life happen to you. Be mindful and intentional and conscious and present and thoughtful of bringing Hashem back into our day. And when we do, simcha. Simcha sachayim. Simcha sachayim. A little coffee helps with the simcha sachayim. Gives you a little joy. Caffeinate with kavana. It's Rosh Chodesh. Everyone put on your Rosh Chadash. Put on your new head, your new mind, your new mindset, your new attitude. Put on that smile. Turn up that music. I'm wishing everyone a day that's filled with simcha. Tonight we go behind the bima of Davi Safir, uh, Safir and uh, Yehuda Geber, two great Jewish historians. Uh, young guys write articles every week for Mishpacha and have a tremendous podcast. Fantastic conversation, 9 p.m. Until next time, stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay holy. Stay holy. <laughs>